0: All right, hey guys, Shane here. Welcome to another episode of Pursuing Jesus Podcast. This is episode 53, Living by Feelings, a Guide to Self-Destruction. I think this is going to be really powerful, not because I wrote it or anything like that. I think this is just something that we need. We need to, to be reminded of how to live by faith, and we need to be awakened to the idea that some of us might be living sensually, and that will lead to our destruction. And so I'm really excited to bring this word to you today. And I want to quickly, one, thank you for listening. Uh, we're about to hit 90,000 streams. I know we'll hit 100K before the end of the year. And I want to invite you to partner with us, especially as we come upon the end of the year here. You know, um, we we have some big plans for 2023, getting ready to plan another nationwide tour for next uh, spring, summertime, it's going to be incredible. We're going to gather. We're going to see miracles. We're going to see salvation, deliverance. We're going to see baptism. It's going to be powerful. But all of that requires support. This requires support. Uh, this this is part of what I do full-time, is I minister, and I travel and preach. I just got back from D.C., and then I went to Tennessee this week. And uh, getting ready to go to California in a couple of weeks, and Atlanta and some other places, this is what I have the privilege of doing full time, as well as making video content, making videos on YouTube and Instagram, and this podcast. Uh, writing my second book, and so there's so much going on, and we need your help to keep going. And so maybe you would consider becoming one of our monthly partners. We're, we're asking people to consider five, ten dollars a month. We have people who give fifty, a hundred. We have some people who give five hundred dollars a month. That really helps us out when we're budgeting for ministry, and for life. Literally, your donations are what pay for my rent and for my family to eat and to put gas in our vehicles and stuff like that. And so, just want to invite you to partner with us. It means a ton. We have a great team of donors. Would love for you to join. And uh, you can do that at any of the links in the description of this podcast or go to shanewinnings.com and hit give. The Bible says this in James 3.15, that earthly wisdom is sensual and demonic earthly wisdom he's saying that there's a wisdom that is not from above it is sensual and demonic what does that mean sensual it doesn't it doesn't just mean something like sexual i think a lot of times you know our minds go there because that's what we've heard but sensual actually means living by your senses it's living by how you feel and what you think what you perceive what you interpret right what you see and hear and and feel like it's very feely you know the world would call it really vibey or something like that you know uh you know your energy stuff like that that is sensual living and the bible says that it's demonic it is earthly wisdom it's not heavenly wisdom it is not going to produce heavenly fruit and this is important for us to recognize because it is not just the world that is living by sensuality. Sadly, there are many Christians who live this way, but the thing that encourages me is that I don't believe many Christians are doing this on purpose. I think it could happen accidentally, and I'm going to talk about that. And so, this episode is for you if you've been struggling hearing God or feeling God or wanting an encounter with God I want you to really pay attention to this episode, and please, will you send it to someone else? Because I know, listen, I've traveled the nation over the last 16 months. I've been to like 60 cities, six zero, and I've got to preach in so many, and this is something that a lot of Christians, even on-fire Christians, can struggle with this. And so please, if this blesses you, don't keep this episode to yourself. Share it. Post it on your social media. We need to get the word out. We live in a generation that is seeking an emotional, sensual, tangible experience. People are very spiritual if it leads to something real. This is why witchcraft and manifesting and things like this are so popular. I'm telling you, there's something called witch talk on TikTok. There, there, there's videos of people manifesting. There's videos of people doing all of these demonic things. Why? Because it's real. Because it works. Because there actually is power in it, the first thing we need to recognize as Christians is that we we shouldn't say that the enemy doesn't have power or that that this stuff isn't real. it is very real. We should actually be educating people and kids, hey, the devil is real, witchcraft is real, you know uh, shifting is real, manifesting is real. But it actually leads you into real bondage because you are partnering with real demons and real evil spirits. Like this is why there's power. This is why Ouija boards work for people because there is real demonic power. And we need to expose that. But the problem is people, they don't know that it's so dangerous. They're just seeking an experience. People are so hungry right now. The next generation is starving for an experience, and this is why we need to be walking in the spirit of Jesus Christ, because we can give them something real. And I'm not saying we can provide them with an encounter. I'm saying we can introduce them, we can usher them into the presence of the Almighty God, where they could be truly changed forever, and we can teach them how to live by faith. And speaking of that, I I, want to do a quick plug here, because this is what my next book is about. We're playing with the title, but I like Your Next Leap of Faith, and I am literally writing about my story and how you can take your next leap of faith. If you don't know I went from being an army officer radical encounter with god where i grew up in the church but then i got i got encountered when i was 25 and i was suicidal i wanted to be dead and he changed my heart he changed my life he set me on fire as i was entering the police academy i was a cop for five years in a gang-infested city south of seattle really dangerous someone tried to murder me at work and, after five years there, God spoke to me and told me to quit my job where I was making over a hundred thousand dollars a year and become an unpaid missionary, a traveling preacher and so, I moved my pregnant wife across the country and this is what we do full time. We have had some insane moments uh, of God encounters of spiritual warfare, just crazy stuff, from the war in Afghanistan to the being a cop in you know this day and age, it's not easy. Um, to walking in the Spirit. And so I want to encourage you and help you to live your next leap of faith out. And, and so if that's interesting to you, make sure you you know subscribe, follow me on social media. That book is going to drop next year, and I really believe it's going to help a lot of people because everything I'm talking about today is pointing to living by faith. I'm trying to pull people away from this life of sensuality, to live by faith. Listen, Christians get caught up in the same lie that I was talking about with manifesting and with um, with with witchcraft and all this stuff. Christians get caught up in the same lie. I'm not saying Christians are doing witchcraft, but the same lie of the need for a tangible, physical encounter, a sensual encounter. Christians can bite that same bait. This is what happens when we live a life that needs God to do something tangible so that we can encounter Him. These words might sound Christian, but if we're not careful, it is going to position us in a place that is going to be a humongous letdown and can actually lead into bondage. Listen to this. Christians are not saved by grace through encounter. We're not saved by grace through understanding. We're not saved by grace through the tingles. We're not saved by grace through an audible word of God. The Bible says in Ephesians 2, chapter chapter 2, verse 8 through 9, for by grace you have been saved through faith. You've been saved by grace through faith. Now, what is faith? Well, the definition of faith is in Hebrews 11.1. 1. It says, faith is the substance of things hoped for. So things that aren't even here yet, you're hoping for. Faith is the substance of that very hope. The evidence, the proof of things not seen. If you have your Bible, go to Hebrews 11, 1 and circle not seen. And underline it and put an exclamation point. Faith is proof that you are believing for something that you cannot see that is the definition of faith it is actually the opposite of a sensual tangible physical encounter that you can like witness it is the opposite of that it's believing for something that you can't and have not seen yet are you with me like this is the bible this is what we need to be living by now, I wrote down a few things that can happen when you need a sensual encounter. Number one, God in His mercy will give you one. God is a perfect Father. He knows exactly where you're at. And there might be times in your life, there's been times in mine certainly, where I I needed, like, I, I just, I said, God, if you show me this, like, you've, you've got me. You, you really, like, this would do it. Right? For good. And I was asking for something sensual. I wanted to see something. I wanted a confirmation. I wanted to to feel something. I, I wanted to experience something with God. And I was praying and I was just saying, Lord, if you show me this, I felt like Gideon when he laid out the fleece before the Lord. And he was like, If it rains everywhere, or if the dew falls everywhere except on this one spot, I'll believe. Like, I felt like that. I felt like I was putting a fleece out before the Lord. But I have not done that often. I, I think maybe one time I've really asked God. Honestly, in the last six and a half years, I think one time I've really asked God for a sensual encounter because I needed to have something to sink my teeth into. And you know what? In His mercy, He gave it to me. And from then on, I, w- I can always go back to that moment. And I maybe that's why God gave it to me because he knew that if i do this like shane is really he's he's all in and i can say since that time i have not needed to ask god for another sensual encounter like i can look back at that moment and say i remember when i asked for that and you did it like i'm not going to let the enemy talk me out of a place of faith and so sometimes god in his mercy he'll he'll do it That's number one. That's best case scenario. Number two, God will not answer your prayer because its motivation will lead to further bondage. Here's what I mean by that. Say that you pray and and you're like, God, I need to know, you know, I need to know this or that, or who knows what it is. I need you to speak to me this certain way. I need you to, you know, shine a light here. I need you to do something sensual. If God answers that prayer, it's only going to satisfy you until the next time you need to see something else. You're not going to be able to settle it in your heart and go, I've seen God do this. I'm set for the rest of my life. God, if you never spoke to me again, if I never felt your presence, if you never answered another one of my prayers, I would still serve you. Many of you that is a hard thing to say and you 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 know if we're being honest you're not in a place to say that right now there's no judgment there's no condemnation i want to help you get out of that spot but if you can't right now say god if you never spoke to me again if you ne- if i never felt your tangible presence again if i never saw a sign from you again i would still follow you if you can't say that then you can reason with yourself that you have a need for something sensual. Your relationship with God is somewhat sensually driven. This, isn't, this is easier said than done, but this is what we should be doing. This is the Word of God, this Bible. This is God's Word, and this is all we need. Jesus said, man doesn't live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. We live off of this word. Jesus didn't say anything about encounters, anything about tangible experiences. He says we live by the word of God. Why? The word of God never changes. The Bible says that he has elevated the word above his own name. Now, think about that. At the name of Jesus, Philippians 2 says, every knee will bow and every tongue will confess. Every knee and tongue. Of those in the heavens, of those on the earth, and of those under the earth. That's Philippians 2. That's how powerful his name is. Everyone's going to bow. Everyone's going to confess. And he has elevated his word above that. His word is unchanging. We should be at a place in our walk with God where we can say, Lord, if all I have for the rest of my life is your spirit in me and your word, I'm fine. Of course I want your presence. Of course I want to feel you. I love encounters with God. I love visions. I love having God dreams. I love when God speaks to me about my life and about other people. I love getting words of knowledge. I love ministering to other people and hearing from God. Like I love all of that stuff. I love little kisses on the cheek from God like when I when I see things that I love at just the right moment and I know God is trying to speak to me. Like I love all of that stuff, but I don't want to need it. I want to need His Word and His Spirit. Are you with me? This is so important. And so God is a great Father. And I have a son, and and if you're a parent, you can know, or even if maybe you're an older sibling or or you've spent time with kids, you know what it's like if you enable a bad behavior because they're just going to need it again later. And that's what number three is. Number two, I said he won't answer it because your motivation will lead you to need more encounters. It'll lead you into actual bondage because you'll need, you'll need, you'll need. But number three, God won't enable you to live sensual because that'll, that'll move outside of just God. Your need for sensuality towards God will become a need of sensuality towards other things. Why? Because you're living sensually. This is the very thing that Jesus rebuked the disciples for in Mark chapter 9 when they couldn't get that demon to leave. They said, why couldn't we get it out? He said, because of your unbelief. You're perverted in your mind. You're twisted generation. You guys are living sensually. You're You're not living by faith. You need to go pray and fast to suppress all of that sensuality and to uproot every bit of unbelief in your life because sensuality clashes with faith. They oppose each other. If you have to live sensually, you can't live by faith. And in order to live by faith, you have to deny living sensually. They do not work together. So let's look at living sensually. How, how could it destroy you? you? know, I've titled it A Guide to Self-Destruction. Well, I've preached this before, but I can't tell you how many people that I know that have actually walked away from the faith... Because of how they felt. People who, they ask God for something. Maybe it was selfishly motivated. Maybe Who knows? Do this for me. I need to see this, this and that. God's not going to answer a selfishly motivated prayer. And so over time, they go, well, I don't hear God. I wonder if God hears me. I wonder if he's mad at me. I wonder if he's even real. Now, that might sound like an extreme example to some of you. But I'm telling you that... If you were to pray for weeks and weeks and months and months and maybe even years and you feel like God is silent because you need him to speak in a certain way, all of a sudden you're rationalizing things that could be God. You're, you're using the word coincidence or happenstance or, you know, it's, it's funny, but I don't think that's God because I asked him to speak this way and he hasn't yet. And you can begin to talk yourself out of a place of faith. And I know people that have walked away from the faith or they have deconstructed to such a place where I don't even know if they're still Christians because they lived sensually. You can feel like God is mad at you. And that will affect how you live. You can feel condemned about the way you think or the way you act. You can feel ashamed. You can feel guilty. You can feel unholy. You can feel unrighteous. Even though Colossians 1 tells us that if you're born again, you are holy, blameless, and righteous in the sight of God. There's a reason I preach this every single day. There's a reason I speak it over myself every day. I can't afford for one second to live in my flesh because I know what I'm capable of in my flesh. I live for 25 years as a fleshly being. I need to live by the Spirit, and the Bible says, live by the Spirit so that you do not fulfill the desires of the flesh. It doesn't matter if you feel like God doesn't love you. He does. And there's no justification to talk yourself out of it. It doesn't matter if you feel like God is mad at you. He's not. If you're his kid, it doesn't matter if you feel unrighteous. The Bible says you're righteous, not because of your own works, because of what Jesus did on the cross. He has imputed. He has given you his righteousness. Now, if you can't accept that and you say, yeah, but you don't know what I've done, that's pride. You're elevating your sin or your unbelief over the word of God. Think about that. If you say, yeah, but when someone says, bro, girl, you are holy, you're blameless, you're righteous in the sight of God, like your feelings in this department are lying to you. They don't even matter. Like, I'm sure what you're feeling is real, but it's not truth. It's, you might actually be feeling it, but it's not true. It's against the Word of God. And if you come back to someone trying to encourage you from the Word and say, yeah, but you don't know this, or you don't, you're saying, yeah, yeah, I hear what you're saying, but I have a truth that is greater than this truth and this Word. And if that's you, man, it's time to repent. It's time to say, God, I'm sorry for any time I've elevated my experience, my emotions, my flesh over your Word. This is where humility is huge in the life of a Christian. You submit your flesh, your emotions, your senses, everything to the Word of God. And you say, God, I don't feel very righteous. I don't don't feel very holy. I don't feel loved by you. But I'm going to believe that I am because your Word says it. And I choose to live by faith today. I believe you love me. I believe that I'm holy. I believe that I'm blameless. I believe that I'm righteous because of Jesus. Let me tell you this. One, a prayer like that could change your life. And I have written a devotional, a nine-week devotional. That's nine bucks on Amazon. It's called I Will Always Overcome. It has 63 days of three- to five-minute prayers with a little bit of teaching just like that. Three- to five-minute devotion. The prayer is maybe a minute. There's two, three minutes of teaching to reprogram your brain to stop living by the flesh and start living by faith. Go check that out on my website, shanewinnings.com, or head to Amazon. Just I Will Always Overcome. It's nine bucks. You can buy it paperback or on ebook, Kindle, whatever. I want the body of Christ to start living by faith. And by faith doesn't mean you have to even feel like you believe what you're saying. Your faith is what you can't see. Maybe I don't see how I could believe this, but God, your word says it, and I'm choosing, I'm making a decision by faith to say, I believe that you love me. Help me to believe it. Help me to get a revelation. I believe that I'm holy. Let me tell you this. If your wrong ways of thinking or your actions could make you unrighteous, then the opposite would have to be true. Your, action, your good actions are what keep you righteous. That is a wrong way of thinking. Your, your best actions on your best day can't keep you anything even close to righteous. And your worst actions on your worst day aren't what make you unrighteous. You're unrighteous when you're born because you are born cut off from God, sinful in nature, enemies and hostile towards him. Colossians 1.21 You are made righteous by the blood of Jesus Christ and putting your faith, hope, and trust in him. He gives you righteousness. That is unchanging. Once you are a child of God, you belong to him, and you are now holy, blameless, and righteous Forever in the sight of God because of what Jesus did. That means you can't do more to become more righteous, and you can't screw it up to become unrighteous. It has nothing to do with you. It is the finished work of Jesus Christ. Don't buy the lie. Don't buy the lie. Don't live sensually. You can begin to feel like God doesn't love you. And all of a sudden, if you don't think God loves you, then you can talk yourself into a whole heap of problems and belief systems that are wrong and opposing the Bible. This is what happens with, with people who get into progressive Christianity and deconstructing. They say, Well, I know the Bible says this and this, but I don't feel like that's what Jesus would do. Like I just I can't really believe that God would do that. Universalism. I think that's what it's called. I'm not the best with terms, but I believe that's what people use to describe a belief that everyone is going to go to heaven. Hey, Jesus died for all, the Bible says, and that means that, hey, God is so loving, he wouldn't let anyone go to hell. Everyone's going to be saved. No, 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 the Bible says that it's only those who believe in him, and there's so many verses, and they say, no, I don't, I don't feel like God would send the whole world to hell, those who don't believe in him. Like, this is what happens when you live by feelings. Here's another one. Marriage is between a man and a woman. That I mean, God created male and a female, and He described the terms of marriage. And He specifically says in His Word, in several different places, not just Leviticus, that same-sex marriage, relationships, whatever, is an abomination. It's against creation. And people will say, no, love is love. I feel like God... He loves all people, and and, and if you want to change your gender, you want to marry the same sex, you want to whatever, God is love. Like, love is love. This is a sensual belief, and it is a cancer, and it is infecting the church, and we must hold fast to the word of life. We cannot live by feelings. Now, I'm not saying if you've been asking God for a sign, you're going to fall away into this progressive Christianity. But I will tell you this. It is a small open door. It's a crack. But if you know anything about how the devil works, he just wants to get a toe in. And then he's going to keep trying to wedge in till maybe he can get his foot and then his heel and then his knee and then his thigh and then his hip. And all of a sudden... There's no way to get him out except by repentance and deliverance through the blood of Jesus Christ. Don't allow the enemy to have an inch in your mind and in your belief system. Sensual living only leads to more sensual living. A lot of these people who are living progressive and and deconstructing, they didn't just wake up and start deconstructing. It, It was small A small series of decisions, a small series of letdowns because they didn't see this or they didn't feel that. And it just led to this radical lifestyle that is opposing Christianity in the Bible. Don't even get on that road. If you see yourself there, it is time to repent right now. It could lead you to become analytical because you're not getting answers from God. Now, you might actually be getting answers from God, but you have so boxed him in with your need to see and hear and feel in a certain way that if God doesn't speak in that way, everything else, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't count. You'll rationalize it away. You'll say it's a coincidence. You'll doubt every other possibility because you'll say, well, why didn't God just speak to me like this? I asked God to speak to me like this. Why won't he just do it? And maybe he's trying to speak to you 10 other ways, but you are so fixated on this one thing. Guys, let go of expectations. Let go of this need of a sensual response from God. It uproots all faith. It literally digs it out from the root, and it plants a seed of sensuality. And if you know anything about the Bible, Jesus talks a lot about seeds. And the way that you live and the way that you think and what you declare and what you give yourself to will water that seed. I'm here to tell you today, please hear me if you're listening or watching this. Do not water the seed of sensuality. If you realize it has been planted in your life, you need to uproot it right now. There is not a moment to waste. I don't care if you're on your way to work. You need to stop and pray. You need to pause this, and you need to uproot that thing by faith right now. You need to say, God, I recognize that the enemy has been trying to sow a seed of sensuality, or maybe he has, and maybe I've begun to water it with my wrong ways of thinking, but I thank you for revealing this to me right now by your Spirit. You have illuminated what the enemy has tried to do in secret or maybe in the open but I was deceived to it now my eyes are open I want nothing to do with sensual living I come out of agreement with every bit of sensuality and God I ask you to uproot it right now I command it to leave in the name of Jesus I uproot sensuality from my own life in Jesus name by the power of the Holy Spirit working in me and God right now by faith I plant a seed of faith and God I'm asking you to water it and I I will water it, and I will care for it by the way that I live, by the things that I let myself take in, which will be the word of God. I will not take in sensuality. I will not take in sensual teachings, God. I will live by faith. I'm asking you to help me right now. Pray something like that. That's the first step. Here's the second step, and to me this is the most important because you can pray prayers to your blue in the faith, Faith. (laughs) I've got faith on the brain. You can pray these prayers to your blue in the face, but don't just be a hearer of the word. Be a doer. So the next step after you pray is to take a leap of faith. You water a seed of faith by taking a step of faith. Take a risk. Big or small, it doesn't matter. Small ones add up. Small ones over a period of time tend to lead to big ones, and they don't seem that big because you've been walking with God for so long. It's just another thing you're doing. I'm telling you, I didn't wake up one day and I quit my job and my career and moved my family across the country to be an unpaid missionary. Like, that that wasn't the first thing I did for God. I, I had six and a half years of little steps of faith and some bigger ones, but mostly just little ones here and there. What is a step of faith? It is trusting God in such a way that there's an opportunity to fail on a worldly sense if God doesn't provide. Take a risk. Go pray for someone. Pray for someone to be healed. You run the risk of what? Not seeing them get healed and you look silly? So what? But you're moving in faith, you're taking a risk. Um, go go invite someone to church. Go talk to someone about Jesus. You run the risk of looking ridiculous to them or them making fun of you or whatever. So what? Like, these are very little steps. I'm not telling you to, to quit your job and go become a missionary in Ethiopia. Like, that's a major leap of faith, and you want to make sure that you're hearing the Lord on that. What I'm saying is, put your life in little positions where God has to provide. You need to get off of this giant ledge that you're on where you're safe, and you need to start walking on this this balance beam, this tightrope. And the good thing is if you fall off the tightrope of faith, he's going to be there to catch you. You can't fail if you go in faith. God has your back. You can't fail. Why? Well, we're dead Colossians three three tells us we have died and our life is hidden with Christ and God. So we're not worried about our own lives in the sense of, you know what? I don't care what people think about me. I don't care about my reputation. I don't care about any of that stuff. I'm sold out for God. So you, you can't fail. Like you literally can't lose. <laughs> now, it's not a tightrope in the sense that, you know, if you fall, you're going to get hurt or something like that. I'm saying it's like, it's like walking up a staircase in the pitch black and you don't know that the next step is there. You're going to have to take a step and find out. And, and, and you really don't know that it's there. I mean, that is true faith. It's not like, oh, it's dark, but I know there's a step. No. Walking in faith is like, I literally don't know if there's a step, but I feel like God's telling me to step out. It's like climbing a ladder and you do not see the next rung, but you just go for it and you find it. Like, walking in radical faith is spelled R-I-S-K. It's risky. It's a risk. But you're living in a way that you've never lived before, and you're going to produce fruit that you've never produced before, and you are going to completely choke out unbelief from your life, and you will definitely not allow any seeds of sensuality To be planted. I'm telling you this, after doing this for six and a half years, there is no chance of sensuality being sown into my life because I'm constantly in the pursuit of walking in faith. I'm not saying I'm perfect or something like that. I'm telling you, I have made a, a practice, I have made a discipline. I'm very militant about living a life of faith. And when I feel like, when I sense, when I can, when God speaks to me and He's like, hey, You know, this little bit of sensuality is trying to creep into your life. I stamp it out just like that. And what I mean by that is maybe weeks go by and I don't feel God's presence. And I have a thought and I'm just like, man, I haven't felt God's presence in a while. I wonder this. And God will speak to me instantly. He'll rebuke me and he'll say, Shane, why are you living by feelings? My tingles, the the tingles that you feel have nothing to do with how I feel about you and our relationship. And I go, oh my gosh, I was starting to let that, that thought process, that thought pattern creep in and I need to take it captive and get rid of it. And I just say, Lord, thank you for showing me that. I'm not alive to feel your tingles and feel your presence. I'm alive to serve you and worship you and I don't care if I never felt them again, it wouldn't change the way I feel about you. Like we have to have this militant, way of living where we don't allow sensuality to creep in simply because we're living such radical lives of faith. And if it does begin to creep in, we're walking so closely with the Lord that you recognize when something foreign is coming in or God speaks to you instantly because you have a real friendship with him. And the only way you can build a true relationship is by trusting each other. And trust requires taking a risk. It's just like if you get in a new relationship. You have to trust that person. Why? They have the ability to go out and hurt you. They have the ability to go out and they could, they could break it off with you with, with no reason. Or they could go do something horrible. They could, they could be unfaithful. They can do so many things. But you are saying, man, I trust you. I, I want to make this work with you. And I'm just believing that you're not going to do any of that stuff. It takes trust, and the longer you're with someone, the more trust you build. It's the same exact thing with God, but you have to give Him opportunities to be trusted. If you never give God a chance to be trusted, you'll never grow in your relationship with Him, and you will always live sensually because you'll always need something. It's like the person who doesn't trust their spouse or the person they're dating or whoever, and so they're always like, well, do you love me? You know, do you still love me? Do you like me? Are you mad at me? Like they're always needing some kind of affirmation, some sensual thing to make sure that everything is good. They can't just live trusting. They can't just live by faith and be like, man, I I know we're good. You know what happens? That creates so much anxiety and tension. And it also makes you weird. Like, I don't know if you've ever been in a relationship like that, but it's tiring. You're just like, oh my gosh, why are you so insecure? Like, just be, just trust. Many of you might be walking in a relationship with God where you're very uptight, you're very anxious, you're very insecure because you haven't let go of sensual living. You know what sensuality produces? I feel like God's speaking to me right now because I didn't write this down. Sensual living produces fear. And it comes from a place of control. You need a sensual thing because you want to make sure that this is under control. Whether you're actually controlling it or control in the sense of, I have a grip on this thing in my mind. And if you feel out of control, you begin to get afraid. And fear comes from not being perfected in love. And that requires trust. You see how it all circles back to itself? Man, this is good stuff. I'm going to listen back to this because I need to make sure I stay sober in this area. We all need this. This is something we need to hear like on a weekly basis to keep us walking in faith. Listen, I'll say it again. Put your life in positions to have to trust God or fail. That is radical living by faith. I want to finish with this. We're talking about faith. We're talking about all these things. When you pray... It requires faith to believe that your prayers aren't just bouncing off the ceiling, that they're actually making it to heaven. If you feel like God doesn't hear your prayers, go back to the Word of God. There's so many passages in there that confirm and affirm that God hears you when you pray. Even the story of Daniel. He prayed and fasted for three weeks, and he didn't hear anything, and an angel finally came and said, Hey, the moment you opened your mouth, your prayers were heard. But we were in a spiritual battle, and it took us three weeks to get here. And now God's going to speak to you. That just shows you that there's spiritual things happening, and sometimes that's why we don't get answers right away. Another example, when Jesus was raising Lazarus, he prayed, and he said, Father, I'm not praying this for me. I'm doing this for the benefit of everyone else. But I thank you, and I know that you hear me when I pray. When Jesus taught the disciples how to pray, he was saying, go into the closet and pray where your Father in heaven hears you. Come on. The Bible says, Jesus said this, my sheep know my voice. That means he speaks. And he says, I know them. How much more affirmation do you need? You need to go back to the word and root yourself in this so that you can uproot Living by feelings. You pray by faith. You're even saved by faith. Let me ask you this. If you're a Christian and you're struggling with doubt and all this stuff, like did God come down and show you the book of life? And he's like, hey, here you are. You're in, you know? No, I've never seen that. I just believe what the Bible says. I believe that I have been saved by Jesus and that one day I am going to spend eternity with him, that when I go to judgment, his blood is going to speak for me. What he did on the cross is going to speak for me. I believe that I'm God's kid. Now, there there are scriptures in here that talk about confidence. You can have confidence in your salvation. You should have confidence, and it comes from abiding with Jesus. It comes from a relationships. It comes from closeness. It comes from intimacy with God. But he also says things like, the Holy Spirit has been given to you as a deposit, as guarantee, as a down payment, as proof, as a seal for the day of redemption. The Holy Spirit's been given to us saying, you belong to me. I am going to come back for you. You you will spend eternity with me. Here is my spirit. Listen, if you have the Holy Spirit inside of you, you can rest assured that you belong to God and you are forever His, and He definitely hears you when you pray. So let's stop doing things that are sensual and let's go back to the very thing that even saved us in the first place, and it is faith. Jesus did what He did, but He called on us to have faith in Him to believe that He really did it. And by grace through faith, we are saved. Amen? Listen, I hope that this encouraged you. If it did, please... Number one, share it, hit the copy link button, message it to a couple of friends, post it on social media, tag me, I will repost it. I want to help get this word out. Uh, Make sure that you like the podcast on Apple or Spotify. Give us a review, give us a rating, you know, Um, let us know why you love it. and, And that really helps people who are looking at new podcasts decide that they want to listen when they see real reviews from real people. Um, I told you about the book that I wrote. It's on my website. I want to tell you quickly about Faith International University. It's an incredible Christian university. It's accredited. We've partnered with so many major organizations. YWAM, Circuit Riders, One Voice, uh, Lifestyle Christianity with Todd White, Upper Room. um, Man, the list goes on. Gateway Church. And uh, it is an incredible program. Here's what's amazing about it. Not only can you get a bachelor's, master's, PhD, but you can do it at your own pace online. That's right. So you can get assigned work and, and, and tests and all these things. It's due at the end of the week. So if you're busy like I am, you have a lot of things going on, you're traveling, whatever, you can log on and do your homework and your classes at your own pace. And as long as you get it done by the end of the week or whatever the, the assignment due date is, you're good to go. It is perfect for that flexible lifestyle that many of us are living now. And uh, and so I encourage you to check that out. One of my best friends is the vice president and dean of students. His name is John Wheeler. And if you go to faithiu.edu, just click request information. And you can ask him any question you want. And just tell him, hey, I got here from Shane Winnings. I got I got here from his podcast. And he will walk you through any questions you have. It's incredible. It's affordable. There's grants. There's scholarships available. If you're a missionary, uh, I believe you can actually get paid to go to school. And your school can be paid for if you're a missionary. So, guys, this is something that you really need to check out. You can find me on Instagram at shane.winnings or on YouTube at Shane shanewinnings. Um, and I want to pray for healing quickly as we wrap this up. So if you have a need in your body, just put your hand on that place, and we're going to pray right now. Father, I thank you in the name of Jesus for everything you spoke today. I pray that we would continue to live lives of radical faith. And right now, Lord, we have faith. We trust in you that you are still healing today, and you paid the price for us to be healed. And so I command every sickness, every limitation, and all pain to leave every person at the sound of my voice now, In Jesus' name, be healed. Amen. Amen. All right, test your bodies out. Send me a message on Instagram if you got healed uh, during that prayer or comment on YouTube if you did. And uh, we'll see you next time, guys. Thanks for watching. Thanks for listening.